Welcome to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. I've got producer JP Gale by my side, and since it's the weekend, that means it's DFS time. We've got Jared Core of Fantasy Crunchers on to talk about DFS. I've had a couple people ask what DFS means. It stands for Daily Fantasy Sports. It's kind of a newer thing. It's been around for four or five years, but a lot of people really started playing it in the last year or two. Uh, so it's sites like FanDuel, DraftKings. Uh, there's a few different types of competitions that we talk about on our show. So GPP, which are big tournaments, thousands of entries, enormous prizes, then cash games where the prizes are lower, but you have a much better chance to win. So as you can imagine, there's a bunch of different strategy that goes into these types of contests you can choose from. Uh, We'll help you figure that out today since we get paid to spend our days researching this stuff for you. So uh, Jared Quartz with us. Jared, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. So for those of you who don't know, I do the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast too, and Jared was a guest on that show like all the time. So we've had a lot of fun history. I've been pumped to have him on to talk about some football. And uh, Jared, the last guest we had on our DFS show went and won $100,000 last week. So is it safe to say you'll keep the street going this week? Well, hopefully I can uh, find a way to maybe even one up that if I'm if I'm lucky. But uh, that's 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 great. Congratulations. Um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was notorious Derek, Derek Farnsworth. So it's like a normal week for him, right? Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. <laughs> I found out this week that Ken Bone from the presidential debate lives just a couple miles from me. So I'm hoping to like maybe run into him at Qdoba or something, get some fantasy football advice, maybe some fashion advice. So if you don't win $100,000, I probably will after talking to Ken. Absolutely. And anyone he tells you to play, please just give me a call. (laughs) That sounds great. I'm probably going to keep it to myself beyond that, though. I'm not going to share the news on the podcast. So for those of you listening, I'm I'm sorry I'm not giving you Ken Bones fantasy picks. (laughs) All right, we'll start at quarterback here, Jared. If Cam plays, you know, he's had uh, concussion issues. He missed last week. But if he plays, is he the safest cash game quarterback this week? You know, I I have a hard time saying that he's, you know, the safest cash game QB. I mean, I, I honestly would look at him this week more as a tournament option just because, the, you know, the nature of the injury could, could easily re, uh, lead to him having to leave the game, you know, again, early once again, if, if something if something happens and, and you really want to put yourself in the best situation to allow yourself to have as many opportunities to score points as possible. And, and that kind of puts you a little bit behind the eight ball, um, particularly in cash games where you're trying to rely on a really high floor um, if there is that kind of risk. So I'm going to say no. Um, and, you know, but if he was a little bit cheaper, you know, I, I probably could be swayed. You know, that being said. Um, I have just too many concerns here um, paying up that kind of price with so many other guys, I think, that um, are better values at the position this week and, and that have very solid floors. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be staying away from him in cash games. So in FanDuel, Cam Newton's 8,900, which is number two. He's 8,100 on DraftKings, which is number one. Um, and quarterbacks are a lot cheaper on DraftKings. So I agree. The price is a little too steep for me, even though Fantasy Pro's consensus projections are projecting him at 24.87 points. Just to give you an idea of what that looks like, uh, the next best guy is at 21.2. It's the best projection of the season. This is a great matchup for Cam Newton. If he plays, there's some real high upside here, but we've also seen Cam uh, put up a couple stink stinkers. So, um, you know, this could be the week that that happens. This could be a week that he goes out with a concussion. So I'm, I'm right with you. I'm avoiding Cam Newton. Um, who's the guy to you, though? Um, the guy to use? 
Um, I'm I'm been really really intrigued by Brian Hoyer again this week. I mean, and I I know that I know that his price has gone up a little bit, maybe not as much on DraftKings as it has on FanDuel. But but look at this this recent game log. I mean, and not only do I love the matchup with Jacksonville, I just think this could end up being actually one of the more sneaky high scoring games. But 49 attempts, 36 attempts, 43 attempts through the air over the last three games. He scored over 22 points on DraftKings in each of those. Uh, two touchdowns apiece. He's got some decent weapons there, and the emergence of Meredith is a little bit intriguing as well. But um, these guys need to throw the ball in order to stay in the game. Um, again, like I said, they should be one of the higher-scoring uh, games in, in, uh, on the week with, with them in Jacksonville. And, and dollar for dollar, I think if you're looking for a value option, there's, uh, there's a really, really high floor here with Brian Hoyer. I agree. He, he very well may throw two or three interceptions, but even with that, his floor is very high because he's going to throw so many passes. He's not af- afraid to sling the ball over the yard. My only concern there, it, it's supposed to be windy like it, it typically is in Chicago, but they're also calling for some rain. And if there's some rain, I wouldn't be shocked if they give the ball to Jordan Howard uh, even more than they usually do. But keep an eye out for that forecast. Otherwise, yeah, I'm right with you. I, I do like Brian Hoyer. He's one of the five five, six guys that I would consider using for GPP. And he's not a bad cash game option. For me, I'm using Carson Palmer. Uh, I know Carson Palmer was hurt um, and he's not in the main slate for FanDuel. Um, but you know what? If if he is in the slate that you're playing, I love Carson Palmer. His price on DraftKings is phenomenal. It's only six grand. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's His price accessible. on DraftKings, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I can't believe how good this price is. He's going up against the Jets, who are one of the worst five secondaries in football. And, uh, you know, he's got the weapons. He's got Larry Fitzgerald. He's got John Brown, who's coming back. Um, He's really emerged back to where he was. And, you know, he had a rough week last week, but he also had Drew Stanton throwing the ball. Everybody had a rough week, Um, except Larry Fitzgerald, who obviously benefited from the two touchdowns. But Malcolm Floyd's back from the concussion. I think that Cam, uh, I'm sorry, I think that Carson Palmer puts up his best uh, game of the season here. Yeah, I, he's a really intriguing GBP play for me as well. I, I totally agree with you there. The sad thing is that he is on the Monday night game, so you're looking at a slightly different slate. Um, but uh, but I, I actually have him rated very high on, on DraftKings as well, purely for upside. Do um, you want to talk about Alex Smith for a second? Because I know we, we both quite like him this week. Yes, I do want to talk about Alex Smith. I think he's the top value play of the week. He has 42 pass attempts per game. More than, more than Andrew Luck. That's incredible. Uh, Oakland gives up the most points to, to quarterbacks of any defense. I think Alex Smith is going to cover his salary. I have no doubt about it. What do you think? Yeah, I also, you know, to the same point that you mentioned, a uh, little bit of concern on um, on, uh, on on Brian Hoyer. You know, there should be a little bit more favorable uh, weather condition, frankly, in, in Oakland, it should be. It's it, you know, it's so much can happen between now and Sunday, um, but at the price in Oakland in a game that should be fairly close and high scoring, I think uh, I think you're looking at a guy that could be doing a lot of damage through the air, um, and and frankly, he should see very little ownership as well. So that should really work to our advantage for tournaments. You know, one other guy whose value I really like, and I know he's uh, kind of higher priced, but it's Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't been great. I don't think he's top 250 yards in any game this season. But Aaron Rodgers at home is the best home quarterback of all time. Um, he just he just is. He usually throws two, three, four touchdowns, 250 yards. Uh, he doesn't throw interceptions at home. And uh, I think this is a, a, another nice matchup for him. I know Dallas's secondary has been a lot better this season than, than people expected. But Aaron Rodgers at home against that Cowboys secondary, 
I think he's going to have a real nice game and he's a good cash game play. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's an that's an interesting price point to spend up uh, at, at the quarterback position. And and frankly, if for whatever reason Eddie Lacy can't lace it up, James Starks is is fine, but he's not going to get the job done, and it's going to force them to use the air. So I think that uh, that's a perfectly perfectly interesting uh, guy to throw out there. To be honest, plus Starks is real good out of the backfield catching passes, so that might even work to Rogers' benefit uh, in multiple ways. Yeah, just to come back quickly to the to the New Orleans Carolina game, you know, I think I think Cam Newton is a guy that you need to consider for tournaments, but I don't think we should forget about Drew Brees. I mean, this uh, this is a team that uh, um, that uh, the Carolina was was thrown on like uh, like like crazy. Um, what was it? I think it was uh, when when they played uh, Matt Ryan right a couple weeks ago. Um, and, uh, and the, and the Falcons when, when Julio went off for a ridiculous total and, uh, and Ryan threw for 503 yards and, and four touchdowns, um, Drew Brees, uh, is, is facing the same defense that allowed that to Matt Ryan. He's, fa- he's doing that at home and we all know how New Orleans is kind of like the Coors field of football. Like the, you know, these guys, they score a ton of points there. Quarterbacks perform at a very high level and I don't think we should forget about him because I think he's, uh, he's got a tremendous floor. As well. And Brees has better weapons too. I mean, I, I guess you can say all three of those guys, um, uh, you know, Br- Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed, maybe they don't all add up to Julio Jones, but just that he has all those guys. Uh, he's also got Mark Ingram to throw to, Kobe Fleener. Drew Brees' weapons are a lot better than Matt Ryan, and he's a better quarterback. So, yeah, don't, don't be shocked if he puts up uh, 404 touchdowns. I'm not counting on that or anything, but something else to note, He's only the number five highest priced player on FanDuel, but he is number two on DraftKings. So we're projecting him right now for 7.2% ownership on DraftKings, 138 on FanDuel. So uh, you might want to take that into consideration. Either way, he's not a bad play. He's, again, one of those guys that I definitely don't mind playing this week. Yeah, and just two quick other quick names I want to throw out there. Um, talking a little bit about uh, some, some lower-owned guys that could do some damage in GPPs. Um, I wrote about this in our Stacks article um, this week, but I, I really like the Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson potential this week. Um, I, again, it comes back to how the um, how the weather shapes up um, for that Jacksonville Chicago game once again. But uh, but that's a really great two man stack that we can look at. And and Bortles doesn't get a ton of love and hasn't been phenomenal yet this year, but he can pop off at any time, like we all know. And this one weird one I'm going to throw out there, and I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on it because. I have a weird inkling that it actually could be somewhat profitable. I'm going to stop you before you say it because we always, uh, on the baseball podcast, Jared, we pretty much always agreed. So I'm looking forward to hearing who your answer is because I'm I'm pretty confident it's the same guy I want to talk about. This is a weird one and I feel weird about it. So, I mean, I'm uncomfortable saying the name just because I don't think he's a good football player, That, but that doesn't mean he can't be viable in DFS for a given week or, or at least one lineup. It's Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) <laughs> that is not my guy. <laughs> okay, now <laughs> I'm really feeling. curious to hear why. I had a feeling. Well, the, you know, the only really reason that I think it's intriguing is based on how significant of an underdog he is at home here, and and frankly, how cheap he is on DraftKings in particular. He's only fifty four hundred bucks. So, you know, the the Steelers, and we'll get to these guys in in, in a minute, are are projected for one of the highest you know team totals on the board. Um, they're actually right up there with uh, with um, Carolina at uh, at twenty seven point eight right now or 27.75 etc um that but but miami on the other side is a seven and a half point underdog at home 
in a weather environment that should be fine, there is definitely the risk of some rain and some precipitation. So something to monitor there. But if they if they do get down early, they've got no running game right now, honestly, and uh, and frankly. Uh, they're going to be forced to to sling it through the air. So for fifty four hundred bucks, you could get a guy that's going to throw potentially upwards of forty five, fifty times. I know it doesn't happen very often. It did earlier this year against the Patriots, for example, and he put up twenty eight points. So um, you know, look if if this uh, if this game flow does kind of work in your favor, where he is getting down early and needs to use the air, like for fifty four hundred dollars on DraftKings, the guy could be a twenty five to thirty point upside kind of guy and I can tell you what he's barely going to have any ownership there so if you're a multi-GP multi-entry GPP player he's a guy that I honestly wouldn't be be shy to throw in a couple lineups I'll leave it Jared, at that Jared you won me over there I might have to toss him into a lineup or two I'm looking at our expert consensus rankings now if you guys ever hear me say ECR that stands for expert consensus rankings that's where we have 140 experts that all put their rankings together and uh, and, and we figure out what the experts as a consensus think and he's way down there right now. He's number 25. But it's it's really interesting that one expert, at least one expert, has him all the way up at number eight. That's higher than Carson Wentz, top guy. There's definitely some upside there. There's some people believing in Ryan Tannehill this week. And, uh, you know, I was looking at Jarvis Landry and I was looking at Devontae Parker, but I didn't even consider Tannehill. So uh, Sneaky that's stack potential there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there's one quarterback that I think is a contrarian play that could end up in the million dollar lineup and it's Colin Kaepernick. Look, he's playing for a contract. He's finally motivated to study film, maybe for the first time because he doesn't have that massive contract. Uh, and his coach is now Chip Kelly. I, I can't wait to see what he can do with Chip Kelly, but all he needs for GPP value. And what I mean by that is, is three X and on FanDuel, it's more like 2.5 X, but I'm talking about DraftKings scene is three X. So that, that means three points for every thousand dollars that his salary costs. All he needs is 225 passing yards, two touchdowns and 30 rushing yards. That's it. That's it to reach GPP value. That means a guy who can win you a GPP contest. He's done that twice in his last four starts and against much better defenses than Buffalo. And that lost him the job. Uh, so I think that it happens. I think there's a chance he could blow past that. He could. And I've talked before about how I'm, I'm, I'm actually a, a big Bills fan. So I've watched a lot of their football and, and they are very susceptible through the air. So um, if they could get things going, um, I can certainly see that coming to life. Wouldn't surprise I didn't know me. you were a Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a sad thing. I don't tell too many people. <laughs> They're one of the teams that I considered when uh, when I'm trying to figure out what team I want to be a fan of because the Rams are gone. So now I just root yeah. against the Rams every week. But <laughs> the Bills were one of the teams I considered because my best friend's a Bills fan, and um, I'm just not, I'm just not really sure. I I think I'm just gonna wait to see what team Lamar Jackson's on and just be a fan of them because it'll be so much fun to watch him. I think that's a better strategy. Don't don't uh, don't tie yourself down to the Bills. Now, this is probably the most important quarterback question. In fact, my wife asked me this question. It's a tremendous question. If all 32 starting quarterbacks competed in the Hunger Games against one another, who would win? This is gonna this is gonna sound terrible, but like I I wish I could tell you because I really know nothing about the Hunger Games. <laughs> I, I don't have kids. I've never watched or seen anything or read anything to do with it. So I do apologize, but I'm. Uh, I'm not really that uh, that up to speed on it. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Though. Okay. So the Hunger Games is just like a bunch of people locked in a dome in in this weird environment where they're all competing against one another uh, to see who can kill each other and last the longest. Um, and Isn't so that basically, a children's book? To, 
What's that? Yeah. No, it's not necessarily a children's book. It's like a teen book, but a lot of adults right. like it. Um, but anyway, I mean, Tony Romo's really likable. So he could build like a pack of guys around him that, you know, they could take out the others, but he's injury prone. So I don't really like Romo. Russell Wilson's a winner and he's really athletic. But to me, I think it comes down to intelligence. And that's where Ryan Fitzpatrick wins. He got like a 90 on the Wonderlick. Plus, he has a great beard, so he's probably awesome outdoors. I've asked a couple other friends this. A lot of them said Ben Roethlisberger because he's, you know, he's real big and tough. Um, you know, obviously people said guys like Eli Manning, Tom Brady, because they're just winners and everything. But you're going, um, you're going the in- intelligence route, though. I like it. I respect yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a contrarian play, but you know, Ryan I feel like Tom Brady him. would be one of the first to go, though, because I feel like everyone in the league wants to get him. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like he's probably going to be the most heavily targeted. I think Jay Cutler is definitely the first person out. Um, but after that, yeah, I could see Tom Brady being one of those guys. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Moving on to running back. Who's going to be the top owned running back this week? And are you chalking him or fading him? It's got to be Le'Veon Bell. I mean, yeah. I'll be shocked if he's not if he's not number one, even though the price is is very high. He's uh, you know, he, he's just he's been great again through his first two weeks and he hasn't even found the end zone yet. Um, and, uh, and that's more, you know, I, I think a bit of a game flow thing than it is anything else. Um, so, uh, he, he's great for, for cash games. Um, I, uh, I actually do like a number of guys that are at pretty good values this week on both sites. So I think you can get away with not spending up for him. If you, if you want to spend up, let's say for a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers or whatever that we've, we've talked about. But, uh, um, if you do want to get him in your lineup and he's one of the first guys that you pencil in, I don't think you can go wrong, to be honest. There's a lot of times that, in fact, most weeks, I'll spend uh, cheaper on the running backs because there's always a value there. There's always a Jordan Howard or a, a DeAndre Washington, who I think is a real good play. I was wrong about Washington last week. I mean, yeah, I, I still think, think it was a good were. play. It just didn't yeah. work out, yeah. right? Um, but this week is the week that I'm spending up on running backs. There's three running backs I really like. And they're all projected to be our top three owned running backs. Le'Veon Bell, we're projecting him at 22.3%. DeMarco Murray and LaShawn McCoy. Those are the three guys. I like all their matchups. Uh, Bell's matchup isn't that great, but they'll probably be playing from up. They're going to want to keep giving the ball to uh, work him into the offense and and get him more in the groove. And uh, I think Le'Veon Bell has maybe his best game of the season yet. And he's already had two really good games because you throw a touchdown or two onto 150 yards and it looks even better, right? For sure. I mean, and I my initial draft of a lineup this week had both Bell and uh, and um, uh, why is the name slipping me out of my mind right? Now? Oh, Demarco Murray in in the uh, in the lineup, and uh, and I didn't really have an issue building building around, especially with the value available at receiver, tight end, and quarterback. So it's certainly something that that I was on the same page with you there on. But I mean, when I look a little bit further down the list on on DraftKings, you got guys like Carlos Hyde at only fifty one hundred dollars. You've got Jordan Howard still at 6,200. I mean, even Jamal Charles is an intriguing dart throw at 51, right? And, and Mark Ingram, I love at 6,000. So, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of guys in that mid-range that, that could really prove to be um, value, uh, valuable kind of mid-range plays. And, uh, and so I, I do think that you can easily find room for a guy like Bell and maybe one of those you know, lower-end guys or middle-end guys, I, I guess you could call it. Um, but uh, but I, think that, uh, I think this is definitely a week that's shaping up um, where you can easily pay up for at least one running back and feel really good about your uh, your entire lineup. You're reading right off my DraftKings list. Carlos Hyde, we have him as the number one running back value of the season on DraftKings. $5,100 for a guy who's getting the ball that much. 
He's got a new quarterback coming in. He's going against a banged up defense. $5,100. He's scoring a touchdown or two every week. We're projecting him at 14 points, which is almost 3x value. That's his projection. He could go better than that. Totally. I mean, but like, there's got to be something weird about the algorithm that DraftKings uses, right? Like, let's like go back in the time tunnel really quickly and look at look at his recent prices. Week one, fifty six hundred. Week two, fifty one hundred. Then forty four hundred. Then forty two hundred. Then forty eight hundred. Like, why is this guy not getting respect? He scored he scored touchdowns in four or five games, and uh, and and has has had at least seventy yards in, in almost all of them. So I mean, like I don't know. The touches are there. The production's there. The end. Uh, the red zone work is there. And for fifty one hundred bucks, yes, it is. You know, some of the higher prices he's experienced this season. Um, but uh, but the guy's been working hard, and and he looks great. Honestly, he really does. I've 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 watched a couple games, um, and uh, and he seems like you know he he's a great play. So I'm I'm glad the projection system you know lines up there. The value is just great. I'm going to review the names you mentioned really quick because I like these guys too. If you guys are listening, uh, consider these guys for GPP plays. Uh, we have them all projected for right around 10% because they're good values. And, uh, you know, people who spend their money tend to find the good values. So here we go. Carlos Hyde, Jordan Howard, Mark Ingram. I I even have Jamal Charles right in there. He's at 5,100. And if he, I mean, we know he's going to play. You don't know how much it's going to be, but he's a killer GPP play. I mean, if he gets 15 touches, he could be the number one running back of the week for $5,100. Yeah, super cheap. I, I uh, totally Theo Riddick also is a good value. He's still down at 5,300. Uh, Justin Forsett was signed by the Lions, but Riddick's probably still going to get 10 carries this week, five or six receptions. And on, on PPR DraftKings, that's a, a nice price once again. Yeah, he's probably got, in my opinion, the highest floor of, uh, of of some of the guys that we've that we've just mentioned there. I think Hyde has a pretty high floor too, but you know it worries me a little bit with Kaepernick coming into the fold and how that's going to shake out. You, you just don't know, right? Because you haven't it hasn't happened yet. But I'd still expect him to get at least fifteen to twenty touches. But but Riddick of you know you know thinking about PPR, I mean his role is just so clear, right? He's going to get a right around to your point around 10, uh, 10 carries and another, you know, five to seven, maybe even more targets in the passing game. And, uh, and you're looking at a guy that's got, you know, pretty much a floor of about 10 points on DraftKings. So, um, for 5,300 bucks, it's great. Jared, is there a contrarian player, someone you think is going to be low owned that a lot of people aren't talking about that could finish in the top three running backs this week? Uh, I mean, the, I don't really know if I could find a guy that I'd say has a chance to be top three. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, we talked, I talked a little bit about the Eddie Lacey, James Stark situation. Uh, if for whatever reason, Lacey does sit for 4,500 bucks on FanDuel, Lacey, I think, uh, excuse me, Starks, I think could be a really interesting play that I don't know if he has a top three kind of overall point total type of upside, but he definitely has, you know, top end value or return, um, type of potential. Um, I really like Riddick's value and, and, and I was going to kind of say him as someone that, you know, I don't think he's going to score another two touchdowns, but for the price point and, and his role, I feel like he does have a nice floor ceiling combination. The one interesting guy for me, and, and I played him a few times this past week is Bobby Rainey. Um, and again, that's more of a value play as opposed to like, you know, a top end, uh, overall point total but the guy's been been carving out a pretty good role for himself on on the Giants um really ever since Vereen went down he started to get his his uh his stock up a little bit 
He had nine targets in uh, against the Vikings. He had another six targets and, and hauled in six of them against Green Bay last week. Carried it another four and five times. So, I mean, he's getting, you know, 13 to 15 touches and even more in the target perspective. And, and he hasn't found the end zone yet. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does because I'm just, I just, you know, I watch Orleans Darkwell play and the guy's just, he's just useless. Honestly, he's really, there's no talent there. And there's... And there's not really a ton for, for Rainey either, but I mean, if you look at the $3,300 price tag on DraftKings, that kind of opens my eyes to believe that, you know, there's a really good chance the guy can score upwards of 10 points. And if he does, you're laughing at that value. He scored 13.5 and 13.4 the last two weeks, and I think the touches are going to be at the same level. So I feel like you need to give him some, uh, some respect. You know, you talked about James Starks not really having the ability to finish in the top three. Uh, you'll remember Matt Jones finished in the top three a couple weeks ago, and I think James Starks is a better running back than Matt Jones. He's got uh, a pretty good matchup. They're going to be playing from up. I like this game script for for the Green Bay Packers running back, whoever it may be. If you look at Eddie Lacy, he's all the way down there at 7,000. I mean, that's like the 13th, 14th priced running back. He's better than that. Uh, and against Dallas's defense, Playing from probably up at home, I wouldn't be shocked if Eddie Lacy finishes in the top three, and he's going to be real low owned because of the injury concern. So I like him as this contrarian play, but my guy is Todd Gurley. And look, uh, people are really low on Todd Gurley for a reason. 2.7 yards per carry. That's the worst in the NFL. Um, but he's the kind of back that, you know, one in every five games, and I know it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen eventually. He's going to have one of those monster weeks where if you don't own him, you can't win the big GPP prize, and it could be this week. Yeah, no, he's a great, he's a perfect example of a guy that's a great guy for tournaments. The one other one I know I mentioned before, and, and if we're going to kind of bring the the pay scale up a little bit. I was looking for like super cheap guys before when you asked that question. So I'm going to, I'm going to move up a little bit and I'm going to come back to Mark Ingram. Um, I, I love his role on the team. You know, he started a little bit, uh, a little bit soft, but the last two games he played, he scored over 22 points on DraftKings on both games. He has a nice role in both the running game and in the passing game, gets a lot of red zone work. Um, his price point on both sites is very accessible. And uh, if the guy scores, uh, you know, if he maybe gets, you know, 100 combined yards and two touchdowns, you know, you're talking about a potential top uh, top five running back. So kind of in the same breath as uh, as Gurley. I mean, his, his talent is not nearly at the same level, but I think that he's going to go overlooked, quite frankly, in, in favor of some of the other guys um, um, in that game, specifically from a, from a receiver and tight end perspective. And uh, if there are a few goal line opportunities, the guy could score two or three touchdowns. You never know. Now, you talked about Bobby Rainey and James Starks as really cheap options. I like DeAndre Washington again this week. He's He has 5.3 yards per carry this season. And if Murray comes back, there's no way I'm playing him. But if Murray's not there, DeAndre Washington again, I like that play. So maybe plug him into a GPP lineup or two. Uh, if he goes off because of the stinker last week, I think he's going to be really low owned. That's what we're projecting him for. So uh, we'll see what happens there. On that, finally- sa- on that same front, what do you think about Jalen Richard? I mean, you know, he he did kind of steal the show a little bit last week, right? With 15.7 points, he had eight rushes and other six receptions. Um, I found myself watching a lot of this game just because I had so much on the line um, with uh, with Washington and and uh, and a couple of the receivers too, with Crabtree and uh, and Cooper, which thankfully was quite good. But um, you know, he's a, he's a little bit cheaper. I feel like his ownership will be lower. He doesn't have the same kind of, you know, sex appeal or pizzazz. But um, I feel like if, if Latavius is out again, 
then I feel like Richard and Washington are almost like the perfect guys to split your exposure to because you never know if one of them's going to get the hot hand and, and, and produce. I mean, Washington's got a little bit more intrigue, but, but isn't Richard the guy that you also want to keep in mind? Yeah, he's the guy that can break a big play too. I mean, all it takes is one big play. You get four carries and one big play, and at that price point, you're a great value. Yeah, he did it in week one against New Orleans. I mean, he had a huge game there. Before we move on to wide receiver, I want to ask you about this Chiefs running back, back <laughs> this running back situation. I mean, Spencer Ware has been very good, right? Um, we saw what he can do in week one. Now, he hasn't done that since, but he's been he's been solid every week. And then you got Jamal Charles, who leads the NFL in uh, career yards per carry. In the history of the NFL, uh, are you taking a chance on either of these guys? Um, only in tournaments. Um, that's the only thing I'd say. And, and if I'm going one way or the other, I want it to be, I want it to be, uh, Charles just because, you know, to your point, he is just so talented and has a great ceiling that, uh, that if he does get those, those carries that we think he might potentially be able to do, there's just a great low own opportunity there. And, and frankly, I feel like the price of $7,100 on FanDuel is just going to keep his ownership so freaking low that, uh, that, that he's got the, um, the potential to really pay off big dividends. But I mean, man, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that this was something that I would be really um, very careful with, uh, to be quite honest. I, I, I definitely wouldn't be putting a lot of stock into it. These would be kind of dart throw GPP situations. Um, you know, the interesting thing is what they've done with Spencer Ware's price, particularly on FanDuel, right? It's it's $1,400 cheaper. He's only 5700 bucks. So I could easily eat those words and say, maybe where is the guy that you want to start a little bit more for exposure purposes? Because uh, if people do get excited about about, uh, about Charles coming back and maybe he only gets seven or eight touches, where could still be another guy that gets 15 to 20 and maybe some goal line work? And for all you know, he's going to put up another 25 points, right? I mean, it's that's the thing with football. It's so hard to predict. Um, especially in a situation like this. But we know this is the system that you want to have running back exposure to. So um, it's, again, only it's only a tournament situation for me. But the matchup's there, and, and there are some value opportunities to exploit. So I, I can't blame you if you want to give them a little bit of love. Now, Jared, at wide receiver, are you paying this absurd price for Antonio Brown? $10,000. I haven't seen that in, in years, maybe ever. I know. I want to say yes, but but quite honestly, like there's just so many other good plays on the board that I, I think that you can actually get away with spending down a little bit at the position this week. Um, especially on DraftKings to your point for a five digit wide receiver, it's, it's, it's a lot of stock to put in there, um, into one guy. I mean, I, I love the floor and, and he's great. And, and frankly, a little bit easier, I think to find room for in FanDuel, um, when you kind of lay it all out. But, <coughs> um, unless there's a, a really obvious super value play, you know, like we've talked about a number of them that could kind of um, show their faces over the course of the week as we get closer to Sunday, then I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to go that route. Just, there are so many other options. I think that, that are better spends of, uh, of the, of the, of the payroll, frankly, that, um, I think it's going to be tough to fit him in unless there again is, is one really clear value play on both sites that would be under five grand, for example. You know, I, I think that there are some real good value plays. We'll talk about those guys in, in just a second, but you know, this is a strange week with wide receivers because, uh, pretty much all the other top tier guys have rough matchups. I, I don't like them. I love Antonio Brown's matchup. Uh, there's a reason we're projecting for 19.5 points and the next highest guy at 15.7. And he doesn't even play in the main slate. So uh, Antonio Brown is, is it? I think he's going to be the highest on guy again, even with that price. Um, with that being said, 
He needs 40 points to hit GPP value in DraftKings. That's 10 receptions, two touchdowns, 180 yards. It can happen, but I'm, it's a real stretch to bank on that with your money. There's no way I'm doing it. Cash games, it's a different story, uh, especially with the state of the top tier wideouts this week. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind slipping him into a cash game lineup. But, um, you know, he's, he's very unlikely to hit that, that value slot at, at GPP. You know, as we've talked through this, I've actually, you know, I mentioned that I started building my lineups with with the two stud running backs in there this week, who I felt really confident about her in the early going. But as we've talked through the running back position, I feel like there might actually be a little bit more value than I originally thought um, that I might be okay with for for cash game purposes. So I could easily go back on on this discussion and think back to it and say, hey, you know what? In cash games, it actually will make sense to pay up for Antonio Brown, especially, like I said, I think FanDuel is a bit more accessible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this has been a really, really interesting conversation because you've made some pretty compelling points. So if Carson Palmer plays, do you want to own Fitzgerald or John Brown? Totally depends on the format. Um, if it's a cash game, I'm playing Fitz. If it's a GPP, I'm playing Brown, but I'm also sprinkling in Fitz. I mean... Brown's got tremendous upside because of the the big playability that that Fitzgerald does kind of have, but not at the same level. Um, you know, he's a much more consistent part of the game um, for for Arizona. Uh, I love their offense, by the way, and I'm glad we're talking about them so much. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's Fitz for me in cash, John Brown and GPPs. But I wouldn't be afraid at all about playing Fitzgerald, maybe even and John Brown in, in tournaments. Quite honestly, with uh, with Carson in a stack. This is really strange for me to say because I just can't stand John Brown. He's just such a boomer bust player. But on DraftKings, his price, $4,500. I'm playing him in cash games. Um, you know, he's been getting 13 targets the past two weeks that Carson Palmer was healthy. And, you know, even if that drops down to eight targets, that's a great price. It, it, it is. I mean, the, the question really is about Carson Palmer's health. But to your point, he he could be seen by many as a bit of a free square on DK at that kind of price just because of uh, because of the targets that that were there the last couple of weeks before he went down. And uh, and so um, not someone that I'm looking at on FanDuel, but I, I really have no way to argue that on, on DraftKings at that kind of value. Now, it seems like everyone's going to be on either Sammy Coates or Cameron Meredith or maybe both. What do you think about these guys? Well, it definitely seems that way. I mean, and and if Alshon, for example, is still a little banged up and, and maybe going to be a bit more of a decoy, then, then Meredith, I think, has to intrigue me a little bit more than, than he does sitting here today just because of um, the one fact that we always talk about, you know, over on Fancy Cruncher is that you never want to get in the trap of, fa- uh, of chasing historical production. And, and the thing that I worry about the most with these two guys is that there's just such a low chance that they're both going to be able to repeat their huge performances in week five. So um, it would be really, you know, it'd be really surprising to me if, uh, if one or both, or both of them could do that or even frankly 70 or 80 percent of what they did. I just think that the, the game is going to kind of flow a little bit differently than it did for both of them. But the one thing that is kind of a little bit intriguing is the fact that their prices really haven't moved very much. I mean, Sammy Coates is still an absolute steal on DraftKings at 4,700. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and Meredith on, uh, on FanDuel is still under 6,000. So, I mean, I do want to wait and see how the rest of the week plays out, to be honest. You know, check the weather again in Chicago like we were talking about. Um, understand Alshon's situation and if he is, you know, kind of back to fully healthy. 
I have a hard time seeing Sammy Coates get, you know, double-digit targets again. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen in this one. Um, but uh, but it's really hard to argue if if you do want to go at them because their price points are very, very reasonable. So I'm treading a little bit lightly. And, and to be honest, like, I, I think, you know, in a in a conventional kind of quote-unquote fade the chalk situation in GPPs, their price point is going to make them popular. And, and honestly, those are guys that I, I have no problem completely staying away from just in the off chance that they do, uh, they do bust. And then you've got a great ownership advantage by not having exposure to them. I definitely agree that it's likely that they bust. I, I'm not owning either of them. I would consider Meredith for a cash play. I'm not going to turn anyone away from him. I mean, $5,400, that's a 1000 cheaper than, than Mike Wallace, who everyone that listens to the show knows. I don't like Mike Wallace. Uh, he's not going to keep scoring these big touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. I mean, he's a lower price than Pierre Garçon, Kenny Britt. Uh, tons of guys out there. I, I don't know why they didn't bump his price up. He's going to get targets. But, you know, there's a reason that... Nobody knew who he was until last week. I don't think he's a very good NFL player. So, you know, he might get another eight or nine targets. He's not going to get the 13 that he got last week. But, um, you know, Meredith, you can own. I can't see owning Sammy Coates, and I get it. He's had a 40-plus yard reception in every single game. That's not going to keep up. It might happen again this week, but he has a pretty sizable cast on his hand right now. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe he plays. But if he does, is he 100%? Is he 60%? Yeah, that's a great point. I actually, I read that earlier this week. I forgot to bring it up, but that was another thing that made me really nervous about him too, is the, is the fact he is banged up right now. So like, why even bother? Um, there's just so many reasons that we're talking about in order and, you know, that, that kind of talk about fading both of these guys in GPPs. So, I mean, I hope that uh, our listeners do take that in consideration as they're building out their lineup strategy this week, because like we're saying, you know, if you do fade the chalk, it can often come back to really help you. And and these are two guys that I think are are going to really uh, are going to really fit well within that in that context, considering their prices are still very much flat. Now, is there a wide receiver that you could see being like Meredith or Sammy Coates last week, who um, you know is really cheap and could break out and, and somehow end up in the top five at his position? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm actually going to throw Michael Thomas's name out there. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't know why he hasn't been written up a little bit more than 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 those two guys. Well, I guess I, I can get it. I mean, he hasn't been as flashy and he had last week off. Um, but uh, but look at look at what he did against Atlanta and San Diego in his last two games. Eleven targets, seven receptions, 71 yards and a score. Nine, nine targets, four receptions, 44 yards and a score. And he's still only forty three hundred dollars on DraftKings. Um, the price on, on FanDuel is, is also great. I'm just going to pull it up really quickly. I don't Dan Thomas exactly is finally healthy. I mean, he was playing he was playing injured for a while, but now he's 100%. Right. 5400 bucks on FanDuel makes him, in my opinion, one of, if not the best value on that, uh, on that site this week. This game's going to be a shootout. It's really tough to predict exactly what's going to happen with, with Drew Brees based on the way he spreads the ball around. But dollar for dollar, in a, in a great game flow situation with a high total of 53 points, um, he's a guy at a great value that I think has a ton of potential, especially with the, the, the involvement that he has in that offense right now. So I, uh, I, I love him this week and, uh, and I hope that, uh, hope that he has a big one because I think he could end up being one of the best values overall in the slate. My guy's Brandon LaFell. I'm really excited about this play. I might just play him in every single GPP lineup. If he fails, 
I'll just I'll just lose. You know what I mean? But it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen when Bill Belichick goes up against a good receiver. His entire defensive game plan is to shut that guy down. He's got a guy who's good at it, but, you know, he's not afraid to put his best guy, Malcolm Butler, on him and someone else, a safety covering him over the top. Um, That's going to happen with A.J. Green. So I'm afraid of A.J. Green this week. But I love Brandon LaFell. He had 11 targets last week, and he is dirt cheap. 5,300 on FanDuel, 3,200 on DraftKings. I think he gets 8 to 12 targets, and I think he has a big week. They're going to throw the ball a ton against this Patriots team. It's going to be a shootout. I know Cincinnati doesn't play in a lot of those, but Brandon LaFell being the number two wide receiver, uh, Eifert's not back. Brandon LaFell is going to probably lead the team in targets. And at that price, uh, in a shootout of a game, I'm playing him in every single contest. I, I think in a, in a tournament context, you are in in a really, really, really interesting spot with him. I really do. He he crossed my uh, he crossed my list as I was putting together um, some of our articles on on Fantasy Cruncher earlier this week, and uh, I didn't end up putting him on there because I just wanted to kind of stay away from the guy that was coming off of two touchdowns um, the previous week. But uh, but I, I'd be lying if I said that I'm I'm not really intrigued by by the upside there. And I, I think that you've kind of reinforced that with, with the context you set um, around how, how Belichick approaches um, elite receivers and, and makes the other guys beat them. And, and frankly, LaFell could, could find himself in a really good spot, especially as a, a potential double digit target guy. The other guy that I want to talk about, uh, I mentioned him in the bold prediction segment from our, our Thursday morning show. It's Doriel Green Beckham. He's been getting more snaps. He got 39% of the snaps last game. I think that number bumps up about 50%, maybe even higher. Maybe they get in 70% of the snaps this week. And at 4,800 on FanDuel, that is a killer price for somebody who's he's probably the best jump ball red zone target in the NFL. I know this guy doesn't start for the Philadelphia Eagles lousy receiving core, but uh, the reason for that is off the field issues and, and that he got traded. It has nothing to do with talent. I said last show, this is a Hall of Fame talent. If he puts it together, if he works hard, if he studies film, uh, if he stays out of trouble, this could be Chris Carter all over again. He's very, very good. I could see multiple touchdowns this week. There is no way I'm playing him in cash games, but GPP, you better believe he's going to be in some of my lineups. He could have a huge game. Uh, totally off my radar, but a perfect dart throw guy. I, I really, uh, I think it's interesting. He actually had a couple of big games last year, to your point, on um, on the upside. So I think it's, uh, I think it's really intriguing if you want to go that deep. Um, but uh, but you're you're looking at a guy that's um, he he definitely needs to get on the field. He's he's in a better offensive situation than he was last year, which is. You know, to his credit, you know, uh, uh, definitely a benefit. Um, you know, couple uh, four targets last week, three receptions, not not a bad game. Okay, and then finally, before we move on to tight end, outside of Antonio Brown, I love that matchup. But which of these high price wideouts are in for a big game? I mean, we're looking at Julio Jones at Seattle, not touching that. Julio Jones just had one good game. AJ Green against New England, I just talked about that, and then Odell Beckham, um, you know, face. Uh, uh, face the Baltimore Ravens. He's going to have Jimmy Smith uh, covering him. They've already talked about it. Jimmy Smith specializes in press coverage. I know he's not uh, your typical shutdown guy like Darrell Revis was or like Xavier Rhodes is becoming, um, but Jimmy Smith is the perfect matchup for Odell Beckham because Beckham can't handle press coverage. It's his weakness. He've said it's his weakness. It gets on his nerves and he gets into his head. So I'm not touching Odell Beckham Jr. Even though it's not a bad matchup against the Ravens, it is against Jimmy Smith. So Jared, who do you like? 
No, that's a great point. And and that's just one one guy that I'm I'm staying away from right now, especially with, you know, the way that Eli Manning's been just so mediocre so far this year. You know, it's just kind of like, well, things really aren't lining up super well for him. And even though the targets were there, you know, the coverage is going to be really tough for him to beat. So I'm he's not on my list. The two guys that I would really, you know, recommend and, and for two totally different reasons, um, I preached I preach for for consistency when I'm talking about a cash game option. You talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. I'm going to talk about Jordy Nelson here. Um, I love the floor ceiling combination you get from him as a wide receiver one type. He's got seven or more targets in four straight games and five touchdowns on the year so far. The guy just gets it done. He's uh, he didn't have a huge game last week, but but again, he still produced double digits for you um, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and in a really you know really exploitable matchup from a secondary perspective. I think this is um, something that I guess it's not super exploitable, but it's it's nothing that I'm terrified about, frankly. Um, he uh, he's a great play in my opinion. The one other guy, and this is a little bit riskier, I'd say, but but also someone I'm feeling very good about is T. Y. Hilton. Um, the, the numbers that he's had with luck while, uh, while Moncrief's been out of the, uh, out of the lineup are, are absolutely outrageous. I just want to pull them up cause they're, they're pretty eye opening. Um, you know, plus 11, 10, 11, 11, 12 targets this year. You want to talk about consistency. He's getting the ball thrown to him. Yeah. I think he's actually the only player in the league so far that has, um, double digit rece- uh, targets every single game. So when you talk about consistency, like I mentioned before, as a, as a guy that is such an important part of that offense and has a tremendous ceiling, uh, and again, oh, that stat on, on Moncrief, um, when he's out of the lineup, the guy averages something ridiculous, like I think it's um, eight over eight and like 130, 140 yards um, in those three games, or, or actually, I think it might even actually be more games than that if you go back to last year. So And a touchdown I, in every yeah. game. Yep, high target guy. He's scored in three straight games. He has 171 yards or more in two of his last three. And that that one where he didn't was still a seven for 42 in a score um, against the Jaguars. I mean, the chemistry that him and Andrew Luck have is great. He's a big play threat. He is a high volume target guy and, and receiver. Um, I, I don't think we can ignore him again this week. And, uh, and his price on both sides is actually very reasonable. Um, in my opinion, and I'm a little bit surprised by that, but uh, should drive the ownership up. But hey, I'm happy to pay up for it in uh, in cash games. I, I know I didn't on the Thursday night slate, so I'm uh, I'm happy to lock him in and and let the world know that I did so. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned Allen Robinson earlier. He's the other guy that I like. I've got him in in a lot of my lineups. He's 8,600 on Fanduel, which is a big price. Uh, he's one. Of, he's the the second most expensive guy, but you know he's going up against Chicago, who's got a lot of injuries in their secondary. I think. It's going to be a high-scoring game. And, uh, you know, Allen Robinson has not been great. It's because Bortles hasn't been great. Allen Robinson is still an elite wide receiver. Uh, I don't even think we've seen the best of him. He's got a touchdown in both of his last two games. Um, He's he's getting a bunch of targets. He's averaging over 10 targets a game. So, yeah, I think Allen Robinson is a safe play. I think he has a really high upside, too. So I don't mind playing him in, in GPP or cash. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I'm a season-long owner of Allen Robinson, so I'm, I'll be right there cheering with uh, with you on on him. And I remember reading something a couple weeks ago about how there was actually um, some kind of post audit work done on some of the early games um, for him in the season, and how he was absolutely getting um, completely uh, undercalled on on pass interference uh, and and uh, and things that were that were non calls. So. Um, 
it wouldn't shock me if the league takes a bit of notice and, and maybe eases up a little bit over time. But uh, but I love the talent. And, and like I said, I do think this game could be one of the higher scoring affairs as long as the weather holds up, which is a key thing that we need to make sure we keep on talking about. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but uh, but yeah, certainly someone that uh, that is high on my list as well. I almost moved on to tight end without talking about the wide receiver that besides LaFell, I'm most excited about, and it's Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry put up a stinker, three targets, three receptions, 28 yards, zero touchdowns against Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is much improved, but um, you talked about Ryan Tannehill in that matchup, playing from behind at home. Jarvis Landry last season was the single most consistent wide receiver. He had the most games that were worth starting in fantasy football last year. If you ha- if you don't have him in cash games at that incredible price on FanDuel, sixty nine hundred dollars, um, then I'm I'm not sure you're paying attention. I think Jarvis Landry is a killer price, and I'm playing him. I'm definitely playing him. And on DraftKings, where you're a full PPR and he's only six eight hundred bucks, like he's he's pretty much a free square again. <laughs> to your point. All right, tight end is Greg Olson your top tight end this week, or is it someone else that slips in ahead of him? No, he's got to be number one, um, especially in this kind of game. Uh, it's got big game written all over it again. I, I do worry a little bit about chasing chasing historical production. I mean, I don't think that he's going to put up a huge kind of yard total that he did last week, especially if Cam's back in the fold. Um, but uh, but he could easily go for 100 in a score. And so when you're looking at safety at that position, he's by far and above um, the best on the board, in my opinion. He's not cheap, though on either site. So you need to make sure you're finding value elsewhere. So for that reason, I don't know if I'm going to be playing him. I don't think I will be. Um, (coughs) Quite honestly, there are a few other guys that intrigue me um, at much lower price points. Travis Kelsey, I think you can make an argument is, is the, is could be the number one when you kind of balance out value and role. Um, is terrible at defending tight ends. I don't know if they know that offenses use a tight end because they just completely (laughs) ignore him. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, his role in that passing offense is is just as important, if not more important than, than Jeremy Macklin's. He's five grand on, on DraftKings. I think mid six is on FanDuel, which is very digestible. The guy's got seven or more targets in four straight games. He's scored in each of the last two. Um, this is supposed to be a close game in a pretty decent weather environment. I, I really like that play there. You mentioned uh, we were talking a lot about New Orleans and Carolina. I really think Kobe Fleener could be the really intriguing low own uh, lower own, I'd, I'd call it tight end play that could end up having a big game. on DraftKings. That that's crazy. Absolutely, yeah. I actually wrote an article earlier this year at the beginning on on this about how on DraftKings in particular, it almost seems like it's a very underutilized but potentially really profitable potential strategy is actually doubling down on the tight end position on DK. Yeah, especially I the same in. Thing. Uh, yeah, especially in, in GPPs on, on DraftKings. And, and so him and him and Kelsey, him and Olsen, him and maybe even a guy like Gary Barnage, who I also like, like those guys could totally find a way to be um, tremendous value assets that could help you get in potentially an Antonio Brown or an Allen Robinson and or a T.Y. Hilton um, to, to use that flex spot to, uh, to help save you some cash. And frankly, those guys have, have excellent potential. So I, I like all those guys that I've mentioned thus far. Jared, I'm I'm really upset with you right now because I had all these great talking points on every tight end that you brought up. Travis Kelsey is really intriguing to me. He's the number one wide receiver uh, going up against Oakland who doesn't defend tight ends. Um, Gary Barnage, he's my favorite uh, sneak play that I think could be in a million million dollar lineup this week just because of his price, 3,300 on DraftKings. That's less than half the price of Greg Olson. If you're projecting Gary Barnage for 
for less than half of what Greg Olson's going to get. Uh, I don't think he watched any football last year because Gary Barnes is really good. He keeps getting uh, targets again. I don't know who their, their quarterback's going to be, but they're going to have to throw the ball because they're going to be behind. All he needs to hit GPP value, first of all, I think he's the, the most likely person at any position this week to hit GPP value on DraftKings. He needs five receptions, 82 yards, or three receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to get that. He's going to get that in this matchup, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes 5X or 6X. I love Gary Barnage this week. I also like Kobe Fleener. I think he's the safest cash game option um, for reasons that you talked about. It's going to be a high-scoring game. He's so cheap. But the one name that you didn't bring up that I like is Jimmy Graham. Um, Jimmy Graham, he might be the, the best receiver on that offense now. I know Doug Baldwin was great at the end of the season, but they've been using him so much. Now that he's in the slot, they're not afraid to throw him the ball, and um, for good reason. He looks amazing right now. He's 4,900 on DraftKings, 6,900 on, on FanDuel, so uh, not as good of a value there, but I would not be shocked if he ends up the number one tight end this week. Yeah, back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, the targets are back up there. He's seemingly resurfaced back from the dead. I mean, it's uh, it's nice to see him back. I mean, he was just a beast for for a few years um, in in New Orleans, and and he has had the third highest percentage of overall kind of passing targets um, when you look at the tight end position. And, and granted, Kelsey and Barnage are actually the next two behind him, um, just to kind of give them some credit. But uh, but yeah, no, I I think there's definitely some GPP potential there. The one other guy we haven't mentioned yet is Delaney Walker, who I actually think is a really sneaky play. Um, this week, and, and I doubt that he's going to have the kind of ownership that uh, that Graham and Olsen and, and Kelsey are going to have. Yeah, I can see that. I'm also intrigued, of course, by the Patriots tight ends, but um, you know, there's just better plays this week, I think. So I think Martellus Bennett's going to be over-owned. I don't think he's going to get the kind of targets he got last week, and definitely not the touchdowns. I mean, that was a fluke. Um, but yeah, I want to go back to Greg Olson really quick, just because uh, what you mentioned with the two tight ends on DraftKings, if you're going to do it, this is the week to do it. There's so many good tight end plays. We already talked about how Cam Newton has by far the highest projection of the season for quarterback. Um, obviously, if Derek Anderson plays, it's a different story. But if you're, I the still like one, I still like Olson if Anderson plays. Like, look what he did last week. Like, yeah, they good point. targeted him like crazy. If you're the number one wide receiver for the top quarterback of the season, and you're playing tight end, that is an incredible play, right? Absolutely. Like there's no, there's really no way to argue it on the negative side. Jared, let's talk defenses. Who's your contrarian team that could force a bunch of turnovers? I'm going to throw out a team that we've talked a lot about on offense. And I think it's the Steelers. Honestly, I mean, as much as I talked about, um, I talked about Tannehill being an intriguing play, even if he does put up, let's say 350 yards and in a couple touchdowns, he's still going to turn the ball over. And, uh, and the Steelers are, are very good at, uh, at doing just that. And, and I, I don't expect them to have very high ownership. I think a lot of people are going to lean on the Seahawks, and me included. I think they're a great cash game, uh, cash game defense. But but the Steelers have uh, have shown the ability to, to put up double digit points. Um, they've held the opposition to thirteen and fourteen points in their last two games, um, under twenty actually in, in all except for one game so far this year. Um, and uh, and like I said, they've uh, they've gotten their fair share of interceptions and and uh, and fumble recovery. So um, with the fact that uh, that they've got the potential to to get sacks, fumbles, interceptions, I, I love them. And I and frankly, I think because their their price is a little bit higher than some of the others, I, I think that they're going to be lower owned, and uh, and they've got some potential um, uh, as a unit. We talked about Allen Robinson and, and Blake Bortles. I do like both those plays, but. 
Uh, for a GPP play, I think the Bears could force a couple turnovers. Bortles throws a lot of interceptions and the rain and the wind. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a fumble, uh, maybe three or four turnovers. Um, but it's a sneaky play. I'm putting the Chicago Bears in there, and and I wasn't even considering them until I talked to Dalton Del Don on Wednesday. So um, I've I've got to shout his name out there because it was a good call. I like it a lot. Now the team that they're, I think is the super best cheap. bet. I'm super sorry, cheap on DraftKings as well. No, only twenty three hundred bucks. Right? Yeah, very, yeah, it is, very, it is very a cheap. crazy price. Uh, the team that I think is the best bet to score ten plus DFS points this weekend. Uh, I don't really think it's anybody. I, I don't trust any defense as a safe play, but maybe Houston face Indianapolis. They're allowing four sacks a game. Andrew Luck, uh, while he's a great quarterback, he throws some interceptions. Um, and Houston's not bad. I know J.J. Watt's gone, but um, they're not a bad defense. So uh, I think they're a pretty safe play, safe as it comes this week. Yeah, and and the one that I – and I know I mentioned I, I like – Pittsburgh has a bit of a contrarian play, but I, I, you know, to answer that question would say Seattle. I mean, they're, they're great at home. Um, Matt Ryan throws the ball a ton. Uh, yeah, he's looked pretty good recently, but I feel like with their, uh, with their defensive prowess and, and frankly, again, playing on home turf, it's going to be a totally different ball game for Atlanta there. And, uh, and they've already scored over, um, over 10 points, uh, twice in their, in their first four games, um, holding the opposition under 20 points in each of them. So, I uh, I think there's potential here, and and so I, they, they'd be my bet. But uh, I think I'm gonna in GPPs roll the dice with some other much cheaper options. Let's talk stacks here, and we'll go pretty quick because we're running out of time. But if you had to pick one stack for cash games, who do you trust the most? I think you know the easy way out, frankly, is Pittsburgh. You know, when you talk about Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown, I mean those weapons are you know they're really expensive for a good reason. Um, and, and even though exposure to this game is wise, uh, and I feel like we've talked about um, the Bears quite a bit, kind of on, on both sides being an intriguing maybe defensive option if the, if the weather is bad. But if the weather isn't an issue, I really like the Hoyer and, and frankly Jordan Howard combination. I know it sounds a little bit you know counterintuitive, but I like their independent values. I think they both have excellent roles. Frankly, they use each other in the passing game. Um, and I, and I think Zach Miller is, is a sneaky guy to, 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 to compliment them as well. So even if it's just a two man stack, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit unique, but Hoyer and Howard kind of make a, a bit of an interesting combination for me, um, on the value side of things. I think a lot of people are going new Orleans. I, I like the Carolina stack, um, obviously with, with Olsen and Benjamin, cause you know, those are the guys who are getting the ball. Um, but they're really expensive. Not Belichick because it's it's Belichick. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Tom Brady, they're going to put up a lot of points, but who's it going to be? We, we have no idea. Pittsburgh's too expensive for me. So for me, I trust Green Bay at home. I already mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a really safe play. You get Jordy Nelson in there. And then Eddie Lacy because they're going to be up big and running the ball if Eddie Lacy plays. If not, James Starks. Interesting. Yep. No, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can see that. The contrarian stack that I actually like, and I briefly mentioned Delaney Walker, um, it's actually Marcus Mariota and, and, and Walker. And then I honestly think you can also sprinkle in a little bit of DeMarco Murray. Um, and, uh, and, and again, those are kind of two, in, including the, the Hoyer-Howard combination. Like they're a little bit counterintuitive and, and or unique. But, uh, but, but the Mariota-Murray-Walker combination, and I believe they're playing Cleveland this week. Yeah, they are. Like there's, there's a ton of potential for, for a big point total in that game. And, uh, and, and those guys are, are looking pretty strong right now. I love Derrick Henry, too. I wouldn't be shocked if he does a Tevin Coleman. And, uh, you know, he's a top 10 running back right there with DeMarco Murray. If you can. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I love the Kansas City Chiefs. Alex Smith, I already mentioned him. Great price. Jeremy Macklin, I think a great price. And Travis Kelsey, we already talked about him. Uh, but the the most contrarian one that I really like is Tennessee. Tennessee defense, it, it, right in there with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I, I would not hesitate to put Murray and Henry in the same GPP lineup. Nobody's going to do it. But if they go off like we've seen what the Falcons do in the past couple of weeks, the Browns can't stop a running back. And then Tennessee, I think, you know, they're a great defensive play. They could force several turnovers. It's a really weird stack with two running backs and a defense. But we see these kind of things work. Nobody's going to do it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I, maybe I'll win 100K. I don't know if Ken Bone talks me out of it. Maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah let me know how that conversation goes <laughs> all right jared well that's all the questions we have for you this week uh it was really fun you had great advice looking forward to talking to you again you bet and uh, good luck to your blue jays man oh thank you excited for friday night for those of you listening that's the last episode we have for this week we've got three more coming up next week highlighted by scott pianowski on monday talking about waiver wire advice we've got justin boone coming on wednesday and then justin mcmahon who also won 100 grand, but in fantasy baseball, he's another good football mind. So he'll be on to talk about DFS next week. Make sure to tune into those episodes. And if you haven't already, please do us a favor subscribe, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Really helps out a lot. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.